0: If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask, a fa- ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads, leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you. We thank you again for this opportunity to come and and look into your word, Lord, and learn more and more about how much you love us, Lord, how much you do for us, Lord. Lord, we ask that while we're doing this, that you would just instill in our hearts the love you have for us, that we may feel your presence this morning. Lord, I pray for everyone sitting here. I ask that we would just be attuned to everything you have for us to hear. Lord, that it may build us up for this whole week. Lord, that it may build us up for every interaction we have. Lord, that we may be able to show your gospel to all those who we come in contact with. Lord, please bless this time we have ahead of us. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Teenagers. If you wish to invite a friend and if they can come, I want you to tell Pastor Steve or one of the youth leaders, I don't want you to say to your friend that you're bringing, oh, by the way, it's gonna cost you $5. You let us know and we'll cover that cost. You've got two weeks to do that. You got this Sunday and you got next Sunday. If you know for sure that you have a friend that's coming with you, do not ask them to bring $5. Uh, We'll cover that. So it's up to you to let me know how much we need, okay? All right. Secondly, I promise myself every year, don't watch the video, don't watch the video, don't watch the video. And, and I do. Then I have to wipe my tears. One of these years, Miss Lori, I won't watch the video, but I just watched it again today, and the neat thing about it is this, is that the one, one of the ladies that was on the video, my wife and I had the privilege of meeting her when we were in Arizona doing my uh, niece's wedding. We got to talk to her and her testimony is unbelievable that she was a child, I believe in Peru, and received a box. Now she travels around the country representing Operation Christmas Child and a life that can be changed by a box. So when I saw that Wednesday night, I said to Nancy, we know her, we met her, and now even tonight, today, so please, uh, let's see if we can't top uh, Miss Lori. Where did she go? Church. She's in Children's Church, hitting them up for boxes, no doubt. <laughs> uh, but do we have an idea? How many boxes did we do last year? Anybody? 156? Wow. Teens, how many did you do last year? Uh, we did in the, the 50. Range. 50. 50. So if you still do 50, that means the the rest of the body here has got to do at least 150. So I'll put us at 200. Can we do it? Yeah, good. Excellent. With all that being said, I do have some extra prayer requests this morning that we need to remember. Barb Carl, many of you received her uh, prayer requests via prayer chain. Uh, she called me last night, and she's doing well. So things have moved. Uh, if the Lord could move the Red Sea, well, you know what else he can move. And the Lord moved it. And we thank the Lord for that. But she's still uh, kind of weak and recovering from that, so we need to pray for her. Deanna Wiseman left me a message concerning her brother, Ed. Is that correct, Jeff? Ed is his name? Uh, needing a, uh, a ride down to the um, Veterans Hospital in Lebanon, and uh, Terry Carl's gonna take him down, but uh, um, Deanna's prayer is that her, her brother is really discouraged, so we need to remember him. Mason, our grandson, is home with an ear infection. Bless his little heart, but uh, it's in his ear, so we want to remember him. Those who were recovering from Hurricane Ian, we need to remember them. Uh, And also this morning I was told that one of our dear saints, Polly, was taken to the hospital this morning. And the preliminary diagnosis, at least from her daughter, Uh, May indicate a stroke, but we need to wait for further testing on that. So, we have much to pray for, much to be coming to the to the Lord in prayer, and and it's kind of ironic that last week we talked about that. That if you ask anything in my name, Jesus said I'll do it. And so let's go to the Lord who can do all things, and ask Him for these requests. Our God. We come to you this morning knowing full well that our entrance is welcomed. It's an entrance that has been finalized by our Savior, your Son. And you've offered to us a place called the uh, throne of grace. And so we come to you this morning asking for grace and mercy and these requests that we have just mentioned we praise you for the uh, the way in which you helped barb carl and her present condition we thank you that the medication has helped but also lord we thank you that you were able and willing and you performed oh lord god things that at the time the doctors weren't very encouraged with but yet now we thank you for what you have done. and Bless Barb as she continues to recover from this particular situation that she found herself in. And I pray God for continued strength for her and for Terry as they wait upon you for a complete and full recovery. And then uh, Terry as he travels with uh, Deanna Wiseman's brother Ed. Lord, I pray that his words would be encouraging to a heart that right now is discouraged. I pray God that as Terry can relate to him because both of them were in the armed services and and God I pray that uh, the words that Terry shares will not just be be comforting but may even be heart changing for Ed. So guide them oh God as tomorrow as they travel to the veterans hospital for for an appointment that Ed has. We then too lift up to you our dear sister, Polly, asking that, Lord God, with the information we received this morning, we are not totally clear as to what happened, but we thank you, God, you do know, and you're there, and you're helping her, you're encouraging her, and I pray, God, that you would minister to her and to the doctors and nurses that come to her side and try to give her some reason as to why she's not feeling well this morning. Give them direction, and also, Lord, give them wisdom. As they apply the knowledge that they've received, may they use it wisely to bring about a good diagnosis. And pray for my grandson, Mason. A little tyke has ear infection that has been plaguing him for a while but it all seemed to come to a head last, on, on uh, Saturday morning. Thank you that uh, Alex was able to take him to a doctor who's, who prescribed some antibiotic for him. And even now, as Pastor Steve came to the office, he said that Mason was still sleeping, so that's good. But I pray, oh God, for a healing in his ear and, and allow him, oh Lord God, to sense your presence and even your power, at, even at this young age, that he would know and understand fully that we have a God who cares. And so bless him, Lord God, and give Alex and Steve rest that they need too as they uh, minister to their son. Lord, we ask uh, for the individuals who most recently have been affected by Hurricane Ian. I pray, O God, that you would have your glory to be shown. We up here in the north weren't affected much by it. Well, we had some rain, but we weren't affected by the destruction. So, Lord God, I pray that you would come alongside those who are involved in leadership of cleanup, rebuilding. That, Lord God, that you would... uh, Lead them. And our heart goes out to the families of individuals who lost their lives in that particular storm. So Lord God, I pray that you would allow the believer people in that area to be witnesses of you. To come alongside to bring comfort, strength. Bring along, oh Lord God, direction that they may be asking concerning the events that had happened to them. Then too, O oh Lord God, we, we lift up to you the events that are our, our missions conference that is coming, the tractor treats, outreach that is being planned, the youth that are going to a corn maze for a time of uh, fun, frolicking through stalks of corn. But yet, Lord, all of these have one thing in common, it's reaching people for Christ. As the teenagers begin to invite their friends, I ask, oh God, that uh, they would be ministered to. Ministered not only just with fun, but with the gospel of Christ. The tractor treat that we'll have. It'll be fun. There'll be a number of parents who will bring their children and they'll know they'll be safe as they come through. But there's also the offering of sweatshirts and sweaters for children who just need them. And so God, I pray that we would reach out and help them. And then to our Operation Christmas Child, what a fantastic ministry, what an opportunity. Even though we may never know the child that receives our particular boxes, I'm thankful that this is a wonderful opportunity to reach them with the gospel of Christ. So all of these ministries that are, that are cranking up, that are coming at us like a freight train, oh God, I thank you for the excitement. I thank you for the opportunities. And I praise you for the crop that will be harvested of souls And so to you, O Lord God, we dedicate these particular ministries and ask that your favor would be upon them. As Moses said, O Lord God, if you don't go with us, we're not going to go. And so we're asking, O Lord God, that you would go with us. Go with us with a desire to see individual lives come to know you, to see individual lives be changed because of you, And our community be affected with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So in all these things, we praise you. And now when we come to your word, encourage us today. Encourage us with the words that Jesus had to say. Let us understand them in a deeper way. Let us internalize them in a personal way. So that, Lord God, we can be lights We can be bread of life given to other people who need to know you. And so these things we ask and praise you in your name. Amen. John chapter 14, I trust you're there now. From verse 16 to the end of John 14, and then continuing into 15 and 16, we find a reoccurring theme of an individual who, at the time, was literally unknown. His name is Holy Spirit. It's not up until this time when Jesus begins to fill in The cracks, if you will. It's up to this time where now it's beginning to make some sense to the disciples. You might remember in our previous indications that as Jesus was telling his disciples, I need to go away, it's beneficial that I go away. They began to ask questions. One question was, we don't know where you're going and we don't know the way. John 14 and verse 5. And Jesus follows that up with 14:6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That was key number one. The key is, is that we have a promised place that we can have that we don't let our hearts be troubled. And, and then Philip follows that up by asking Jesus to show us the Father. And then Jesus says, uh, he's right here, I just took a little bit of uh, poetic justice there and told you all that is written is concised into he's right here. What you see is what you long for. So we have a personal relationship with the God who created everything. It's his house. It's his world. And Jesus says he's right here. You can have a personal relationship with him. And then the third one last week was about prayer. The power of prayer. Jesus says, if you ask in my name, I'll do it. Uh, We understand that that is conjunctive with the previous verse, which Jesus said, I have to go away because you will be able to do greater things than me. Not that we're doing any greater miracles, but what we are doing, that passage talks about, is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ in order that others would come to know him. And Jesus said, in the midst of that, if you ask me for those souls, I'll do it. I'll do it. Today, though, we we come to the fourth, if you will, key of our passage. And the key is this, is that we have a promised counselor. You may have the phrase promised, if you will, comforter or helper or counselor. It's on reference to one individual. But the passage is introduced by one sentence. And it can throw us off quickly because we don't quite understand what Jesus, when he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Verse 15. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That particular phrase in verse 15 is a hinge. Doors work well if the hinges work well. Once in a while you have to oil them up because you don't want to wake your wife up at 3 in the morning as you're taking a shower and the the door in the the bathroom as you open it to get a towel creaks. So you take WD-40 and you spray it and it's quiet and Now, they don't understand you're even getting a shower. But it's a hinge verse. In other words, it's following a statement and introducing another. It's like going through a door. And Jesus has just finished about, ask me and I'll do it. And then he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And then he introduces the new comforter the new counselor, the new helper. Those are not apart from each other, by the way. Because the reason we have not, the text tells us in other places, Scripture always uh, identifies and interprets Scripture. The reason we don't have is because we don't ask, James tells us. And the reason we don't have is because we ask wrongly. So Jesus is making sure here in verse 15, he is identifying a very important principle of discipleship. When he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Love. One individual wrote it this way as he was commentating on that particular verse He says, you can talk all about all you want about your love for God. But, he says, according to Jesus, obedience is the proof of love. I find it interesting that there is a whole chapter in the word of God that highlights what love is. You all know your your minds are racing to 1 Corinthians 13. What's interesting about that chapter is, is not once does it mention love as an emotion. It is an action. Love is this. Love is this. Continually throughout that whole chapter, and then it gets down to where faith, hope, and love, these three. But the greatest of these is what, everybody? Love. The greatest of these is love. I wonder if the Apostle Paul, though he wasn't in the upper room at this time, is initiating what Jesus has already begun. That in reality, the proof of our desire to see souls come to know Jesus, previous, and the desire to be empowered by the Holy Spirit coming, is this issue of love. Do you love me enough that you would pray for lost souls? Oh, now you know where we're going with this. Stop me if you've already heard this, but I don't think you have. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And what is the great commandment? Go And make disciples. Go and make disciples. We were not saved to sit. We were saved to serve. We were saved to reach. We were saved to love God by acting like we love God. Now you see how the hinge verse works. And now Jesus is about to say, oh, and by the way, this kind of love is going to be empowered by someone that you have no idea yet what it's going to be like. You go to Acts chapter 2, and you see the action that all of a sudden this Holy Spirit shows up, and it transforms Peter From a stumbling, foot-and-mouth diseased disciple to someone who preaches with such power that souls, 3,000, come to trust Christ. Jesus said, it's better that I go away. You've got all the information you need, but what you don't have is the power to implement that information. Isn't it interesting that the Holy Spirit guides us in our actions in order to display the love we have for Christ? you got to wonder that maybe, just maybe, the Apostle Paul is thinking of that in Ephesians chapter 4, and in verse 31 he says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Why? Because if we grieve the Holy Spirit of God, family relationships break down. If we grieve the Holy Spirit of God, the church just loses its mission. If we grieve the Holy Spirit of God, then we're lost in what it means to love Jesus. And so here we have this morning this hinge verse that maybe I could have spent another half an hour in describing that, but I can't because I've got seven minutes and I got to let you out of here. And I praise the Lord for the things we've been able to see. But this morning, we are going to move like a greyhound chasing after a fake rabbit. And I trust that we'll find out. So you got you got the indication that in order to love people to share the gospel we need to love Christ in a proper way and Christ is going to give us the power to do that. How do I know that? 2nd Peter chapter 1. Everything that you need to live godly lives Peter says is already in you. Holy Spirit So let's go on, shall we? First point is this. A promised comforter. Jesus has given us a promised comforter. Verse 16, when Jesus said, I will ask the Father. I'll ask the Father. What is so dynamic about that is if Jesus is asking the Father for this, guess what? You don't need to. Oh, wait a minute, Pastor. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Pastor. We're supposed to be filled with the Spirit. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But the issue is, is how do you get them? How do you get them? Now, I take issue with, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, there are so many different visions, if you will, of who he is. It's sort of like the the Casper, the friendly ghost thing. We talk about the Holy Spirit. We we can't work in that realm. It's it's too foreign to us. We don't understand. Maybe we have been affected too much by not being able to see the effects of the Holy Spirit. We can't see him, but we know he's there. Why? Well, well, The scriptures talk about how it is the Holy Spirit comes to a believer. It's one of those wonderful um, promises of God that the moment an individual asks Jesus to be the Savior, they get the benefit of the Holy Spirit because he comes and lives and reigns within us. The dynamic part of that, as we'll get later, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I've got to, I'm down to five minutes, is this, is that he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. Now you hang on to that because we're gonna make a point later. He'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us. Which brings us to the presented comforter. When Jesus said, I'll give you another, comforter, counselor, helper, whatever your text says. That word another is important. The Greek has two words that are translated another that have separate meanings. One is another of a different kind. Let me give you an example. Where's Nolan? Nolan. How many kinds or types of potatoes are there? But they're not all the same. They got different tastes, they got different looks, they got different purposes, but still they're another. So when you sit down and you say, I'd like another potato, Melinda says, which one do you want? No or you can say another apple. There are tart apples, there are not so sweet apples, there are sweet apples, and then there are really sweet apples. A, a, A Fiji is not like a Macintosh. A Cortland is not like a Macintosh. A Golden Delicious is a little misleading. Oh, they're gold, okay. But I've had some golden delicious that are not part of the second name. You got red apples, you got green apples. They're all belong to the same trait. They're apples. May I have another apple? Which one do you want? That's one interpretation. This word here says one of the same. Kind, one of the same kind in other words Jesus is saying this other another comforter in reality as part of the triune Godhead oh that I could have three weeks to walk through our understanding from a theological position of our triune Godhead Father, Son, Holy Spirit Jesus says this one called the counselor Holy Spirit He's no different than what you've seen me or what you've seen the Father. We are the same essence. Let me give you a verse that, that proves that. If you just write down and go to Acts chapter 5 and verse 4. <clears throat> that is the account where Ananias and Sapphira are trying to put a play on the church. They sold some land and they're bringing it to the altar, coming with the wrong heart. And they said, this is all the money that we sold our land for and yet they kept part of it and they got struck dead and what did Peter say? Peter said, why have you lied to God? referring to Holy Spirit that's just a, we just scratch the surface of that and so Jesus said I'm going to send you another comforter the same he's going to talk the same he's going to do the same he's going to be the same that I've been with you for these last three and a half years I got to go so he can come. One more. We have a positioned comforter, meaning he'll be with you forever. Oh, now this is where it gets good. Is it okay if I go over? Well, I don't care anyway, I am. This is important of this whole Study this morning. If you grasp this, this is all I'm asking you to grab hold of. He will be with you forever. How long is he going to be with us? Forever. You sure? Why? Because Jesus promised it. Okay? And you can take that to the bank. Now, mark down this verse or verses, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses five through eight. Now why, Pastor, are you taking us to that passage? Well, you won't know until you turn. Turn to 2 Thessalonians. Let's hear those pages move. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul writing to a church that has a question. And the question is, as it refers to in 1 Thessalonians, is that the dead have already been raised and we've been left behind. Did we do something wrong? Now Paul is still, stepping up a little bit and he is saying something's going to happen. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 beginning at verse 5 the apostle Paul says, I already told you this. He says, "Don't you remember when I was still with you, I used to tell you about this." What? What, Paul? Well, And you know what currently restrains him. Now wait a minute, who is Paul talking about? He's talking about the lawlessness one, the son of lawlessness. We we also call him the Antichrist. We call him the one world ruler, whatever you want to call him. Paul says something, someone is restraining him. Who's the restrainer? Well, I know who he is. But let me give you what other people think he is. Number 1, individuals say it's government is restraining. Good luck with that one. Or some say the church is restraining him. This lawlessness one. No. The reason those two don't fit is this. Is both of them in the Greek one, the government, is a neuter noun. It's an it. The church is always referred to as a female noun, she. But this says he. Who is he? I believe him to be the Holy Spirit. Now we've got to get good here. We're going to get good. and, And you know what currently restrains him so that he will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, but the one now restraining will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. Who is he? If he's Holy Spirit he has to be removed he has to go home and when the Holy Spirit goes home we go because Jesus said oh he will be with you forever and if he leaves and if the church doesn't go then Jesus is a liar because when he leaves, he's no longer with us if we stay behind. So when Jesus, when Jesus talks about in 1 Corinthians 15 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, that at the last time a trumpet's going to sound, a loud voice is going to come, and Jesus is going to say, come home. And when he says that, Holy Spirit goes, and so do we. Do you know how comforting that is, even these days? These days to know that Jesus has never left us and he will never forsake us. Oh, for those hearts that are burdened, for those hearts that are troubled, for those hearts that are seeking for reality in life, I'm here to tell you that in Christ Jesus, he provides for us a comforter, someone who comes alongside. Let me give you the Greek name. He's called the parakletos, not the parakeet. The parakletos, which means one who comes alongside. Now, that doesn't mean he just stands here. That literally means he comes and resides in us for the purpose of Comfort comfort but we have two more to go in this passage the next one is this is that he is a proclaimed comforter what is he known by he is the spirit of truth he's the spirit of truth Just the other day, my friend Curtis sent me an article, which is now there's this this plan to combine Christianity and Islam. It's called Chrislam. And the article begins to set the stage that there's really not that much difference between Christianity and Islam. Have you studied it? They don't even recognize Jesus. Oh, he was a prophet. He really didn't die on the cross. He just swooned. Well, I'd like to see them swoon with a spear through their side. Oh, he didn't really rise from the dead. Oh, wait a minute. Swoon people you don't put in a tomb. So even there, they are counteracting, contradicting themselves. You bury dead people, not sleeping people. And then they said, oh, by the way, well, he really didn't rise from the dead. His disciples came and stole him. with, With a legion of Roman soldiers guarding it? Good luck with that. So don't tell me there's not much difference between the two. Because they're not speaking in the spirit of truth. They're not sharing the truth of the Word of God. The Spirit of God is the truth of God. He always speaks according to the truth, He will never lead you to go contrary. To the word of God. So I'm sorry for those individuals who think. That Jesus is telling them to do something contrary to the word of God. You're listening to the wrong voice. The Holy Spirit. Is the one of truth. Oh man I tell you what I'm like a mummy rat for time here. Last one proven comforter. He will be with you. And in you. In you. I can imagine that the disciples at this time are beginning to just understand a little bit. Their hearts are not as frustrated. And, and you see what, what Jesus was telling them in the upper room He's telling us today. Come unto me, all ye that are burdened and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for because my burden is light. And yet here, the disciples are beginning to catch it. My question is this morning to you, are you catching it? Do you understand or are your hearts troubled? Are you disheveled because of the world system? Jesus said, don't be. Oh, it gets better from here on. Now, Jesus begins to highlight the ministry of the Holy Spirit, what he's gonna do with us. And when we get to the final uh, uh, lesson, the final key, key number six, Then Jesus said, My peace I leave with you. Thus, let not your heart be troubled. If you have a troubled heart today, dear people, are you focusing on the wrong thing? We have a promised home, we have a promised relationship. We have the promise of prayer. And now we have a promise of another comforter that'll never leave us and won't forsake us. Be encouraged. Jesus hasn't left us alone. I've read the last book, last chapter of the last book, and guess what? We win. We win. Let's pray. God, time has fleeted by As an east wind would bring to us the very aroma of that which is beautiful. Whether of a flower, a turkey roasting, a pie baking, or just a piece in the house. Our time has come and gone, but in this short moment, what it has brought to us is something that can change our minds and our hearts. It virtually changes our life. You've promised us another counselor, a comforter, the helper. His name is Holy Spirit. And he desires, he longs to rule in our hearts and in our lives. When we say that we love Jesus. Let that be demonstrated. In the things that we do. Empowered by the presence of the Holy Spirit. For the purpose. Of bringing God the glory. And souls to heaven. So you O oh Lord God. Be our portion and strength this day. And we will thank you. And praise you in the mighty name of Christ our Savior. Amen.